0: Welcome to episode four of The Construction Revolution. I recently heard a scary statistic about the construction industry. 10% of recorded suicides in 2019 were from people working in construction. This week I'm talking to Ollie Applin, founder of The Mind Journal, which is a journal specifically for men. Ollie lost his mum to suicide and for a while buried his feelings until he had a mental breakdown. He went for therapy but found he couldn't talk about how he was feeling, and his therapist recommended journaling to him. In this episode, we hear about his story, his mission, and how it could help our industry. So welcome Ollie Applin to the Construction Revolution. Ollie is designer, writer, and founder of the Mind Journal, and how we came to have this conversation today and I was just telling you a little bit about this before we started recording was that I woke up um, probably a couple of months ago at three o'clock in the morning asking myself the question do men journal and I think it was because I was reading a book at the time um, with Victoria knowles Lack, who I recorded a, a podcast with a, a few weeks ago and she talks about how journaling has helped her and it's something that I do so i sort of meditate in the morning and journal and it helps me such a lot and I just I'd never thought to ask that question before like do men journal and that's when I googled you and I found this um, the great piece that you did in the Guardian and I was like yeah men do journal and there's a mind journal specifically that's been put together for men and as you know the construction industry is predominantly made up of men so I just really wanted to to talk to you today to find out more about your story and how it all came about how the mind journal came about and just share your experiences with journaling and and how that's helped you
1: yeah no well well, thanks for having me on the show um it's lovely to meet you yeah journaling it's um it's been it's been an interesting journey for me over the last 10 plus years of of having never thought that i'd ever be a guy that would keep a journal let alone use one to kind of go through the things that i've gone through and process the things that i've i've been through and still use it today to kind of fundamentally just either improve myself or process day-to-day things that are happening in my life and then to go on and build a brand that that helps other guys to 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 try journaling and to to use it in the same way that i've that i've done basically
0: because I mean your mission um it says on on the website is to help guys feel happier and healthier Mm -hmm. and I was I've read your story as well because um I was reading how you know there's a big trauma that happened in your life and you from what you said you buried it um for a while and then all of a sudden it you know it started to coming up and you were having panic attack and what I found interesting was that you felt that writing it down because you couldn't actually talk you didn't feel like talking therapy mm. was um was going to help you at that time and your therapist um said about you know writing things down and it sounds like that was the the catalyst for for how it all started
1: yeah that's essentially it i think you know um i mean i grew up in uh, hastings which is a kind of seaside town based down in the south coast um and it's got a very kind of uh laddie kind of uh, culture of you know when I was younger it was kind of that drugs and drinking kind of staying out on the streets and my friends were all doing kind of like plumbing or electric electrician uh, courses or construction based kind of courses at college and and I didn't really want to do that I wanted to get into graphic design and, and design work and stuff but um I was living at home with my mum it was just me and my mum and she had bipolar at the, um at the time and did suffer for it with it for quite a number of years and so life was pretty kind of topsy-turvy it was quite extreme you never really knew what you was going to come home to and then the kind of social aspect of me and my friends was quite extreme in the in the drinking and the drug taking and just the the kind of uh behavior that we all got up to which is quite intense as well um so there was a lot of kind of like intensities around me um and there was no one really to kind of ever talk to about what was going on, either at home or with my friends, or there was just kind of like, you just sort of had to just get on with it, basically. So this kind of built a lot of anxiety in me. Um, And with the things that I was seeing at home with my mum, which was a lot of kind of drinking and depression and her own anxieties. And then if she slipped into very deep depressions, there was um, suicide attempts that I would have to try and either save her from or I'd have to get her to the hospital or get the ambulances, ambulance to come out. Um, and so then I would use, uh, you know, substance, substances to kind of combat what I'd seen or what I'd kind of been through. And so then eventually when she did successfully take her own life, I was kind of left in this place where I didn't really know how to deal with that. There was no kind of like, there wasn't really much support offered um, to kind of, process it and figure out what you do next and and, and how yeah it's essentially just how to kind of move on from that and so I kind of just stuck my head into work and just stuck my head into kind of graduating from university and, and and getting a job and everything that I thought you was kind of meant to do and it was all kind of more or less a distraction for me until I finally I think two years passed and I kind of had a bit of a, a mental breakdown um, which just was a, a sudden moment for me that just happened. Um, and that led me into therapy and then in therapy it led me to you know, essentially being prescribed journaling as a way for me to kind of access my emotions and access all these kind of memories that I blocked and locked deep within myself Um started to kind of open them up a little bit and explore them and uh, understand them and connect with them and, and then actually start talking to them with with other people and journaling was that kind of stepping stone for me. It was like a safe place that I could put all this kind of madness that had happened, all these things that I'd seen and not feel either judged or not necessarily think that they were wrong or bad. Um, I could just put them down in, in whatever state they came out in and could almost essentially try to build sentences that I could then start actually saying verbally to my therapist at the time so it was almost like a um, like a little testing ground you know it was like a little place that i could just learn to to learn about myself and what i'd been through
0: and how did you get started with that i mean did you just kind of like was it just a case of just free writing getting your thoughts down or did you ask yourself specific questions or anything like that
1: well i remember when i remember when the therapist said to me oh um, you know she would she, it started with her basically saying how do you feel about this? How do you feel about that? When, when your mum did this or when you saw that happening, how did you actually feel? Because I was very good at giving her the facts as if, if it was like a time stamped moment, like a Polaroid picture kind of, I could, I could present all the, you know, what the room setting was and where we were sat and what time of day it was, but the emotional side of it, there was, there was zilch, there was zero. Um, so the idea that she had was for me to go away and to literally just write down a list of how I was feeling at that time that I was writing. And she thought that the idea of me starting to connect with any, any kind of emotion, whether it was anger, frustration, annoyance, or confusion or whatever it was in that time that I was actually writing, that that would be my starting point that I would say to myself, okay, well, why am I feeling frustrated? Why am I feeling anxious? Why am I feeling angry? Um, Why am I feeling confused? And then that would be the starting point for me to write one or two sentences to try and explain that. And then I would come back into our sessions and I would say, oh, I've I've written two sentences on why I'm really frustrated. And, you know, the reason I'm frustrated is because I don't know how I feel. And that was enough to just kickstart the conversation to go a level deeper.
0: And based on your experiences, you know, like talking to other men and, and things like that, I mean, as a man is it about you 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 try or you're told to kind of suppress your feelings when you're young i mean i know obviously that you know they had that horrible traumatic event happen to you Mm. but i'm just thinking in general as men because thinking about the differences between men and women you know i mean women do tend to show their emotions more and um you know they'll let stuff out and then they'll deal with it and they can sort of move on and and I just wondered like what pressures do you feel as a man to sort of like you know put on that mask and 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 bury feelings
1: I think for me it was like I had it split in two from my mum and my dad so I had my so my, my parents went together when all this stuff was going on they they broke up when I was very young at about five years old And with my mum's bipolar, there's a lot of emotion that you see. I mean, it was every kind of emotion you're, you know, you're presented on a daily basis, basis, like every emotion across the spectrum. But what I was told was to not tell anyone about the stuff that was going on at home by my mum. And it was her way of sort of protecting us and protecting herself from she would be worried that we were going to get taken away by social services or that my dad would try and take us away or all kinds of different reasons. And, and paranoia played a, a huge part in, in her wanting to not let us talk about this to anyone. But that also meant that we couldn't really talk to her about it, even mm-hmm. though we had a very open relationship and we knew that we could go to her with any other problem other than her, um, which meant that, you kind of knew you could talk about stuff, but you didn't necessarily know how to talk about stuff. Um, and then on the other side of the spectrum was my dad who, uh, when he was younger, he was in a boarding school. So he was raised in this very kind of, um, you know, male environment of where you you don't talk about your emotions and you have to just be a man from that very early age kind of vibe of just crack on and and Focus on yourself, essentially, and survive because it's it's a kind of very different environment to be in. So he's always been quite a emotionless kind of person. So you've, you've got my mum who's extremely emotional, and then my dad who's completely not emotional. Um, and so it was very hard for me to kind of figure out where do I sit in between these two ex- kind of extremes. I knew that I could talk. To people when i knew that talking was okay i was never told that talking wasn't uh, a good thing to do i was i was never told that to not cry or to man up or to not show your emotions or um, sort yourself out there was never any negative attitude there was just no role model for me to kind of follow and say if things are tough this is how you talk about the stuff that's going on and that was what was was quite interesting for me when i started journaling was as soon as I could build this vocabulary of, of how to talk about how I was feeling, I could then go off to my dad and I could express all these emotions and I could express all this stuff that had happened. And it, event, it, it kind of inadvertently allowed him to understand how to, to do the same thing. So he then started opening up to me and getting very emotional. And it was for the first time ever that I'd seen him you know, cry and and show anger and and tell me all kinds of different things that he went through. So we could actually finally connect on a real level. But that's he was, you know, a 55 year old man at that point, and had gone through his entire life, never knowing how to essentially do the same thing that I was learning at that same time.
0: So it sounds like your experiences then were, you know, had an impact on on your dad, and you could could start to talk about those things together.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like now when we, when we talk and even when I have conversations with him, it seems that he has taken what we've kind of built and what I've I've sort of of almost shown him, but he's only comfortable now doing that with me. He doesn't necessarily know how to go off and do that with either other guys or other people. He just sort of sees me as that person that he can trust and, and open up to. Mm. So, you know, we might go off and walk the dog sometimes and we will have a really real conversation. And I can tell that he's not spoken to anyone like that for quite some time, because it's almost like he feels like I'll understand however he's thinking or whatever he's thinking.
0: Yeah. How did the journey then follow on from that? So, you know, what, what you said is the, the journaling, it allowed you to, to share the feelings and the emotions and to be able to talk to your, your therapist about what was happening. Um, so that you could start to work through stuff so how did things sort of you know evolve after that
1: so essentially I realized um, that I wasn't probably as happy as I thought I was at that point in my life and that allowed me to kind of explore where I wanted to go and what I wanted to kind of do with my life Um, and then essentially I kind of yeah I moved away from Hastings and I, I moved on with my life and I was still processing a lot of the stuff that had happened to me and and I was still kind of grieving at that point and, and still journaling. And then I did that for about 10 years, really. I think I I no longer was in therapy. I started to sort of build a bit of restlessness in me after about sort of nine, eight, nine years of had passed at this point. And I was approaching 30 and it was approaching that kind of 10 year anniversary of my mum's death. And there was a kind of anxiety building in me, which was a kind of, Where am I going? You know, what have I been doing over this time period? You know, what was what I set out to do all that time ago when I left therapy? Have I achieved it? Have I, you know, I started to feel a little bit kind of lost and I wasn't quite satisfied in my job. I wasn't satisfied with the work that I was doing. It felt quite soulless and it didn't feel like it had any purpose. And I had a real drive and a real kind of fire in me to try and do something that had an impact that could help other people that meant that I could. I don't know, express everything that I'd been through and everything that I'd learned and use it as a way of trying to inspire or help other people to kind of take action or, or help themselves in some way. And it was just through chatting with friends when I said to them about, I think a couple of them, or one, one of my mates was was going through a um, particularly bad time. And I said to him, have you tried or considered journaling or or just writing down the problems that you're having just to see if, something comes of it. If you, you know, you can figure a way through it. And he was like, Oh no, I've not really. And I sort of gave him some, some tips and some, some thoughts on it. And then um, he came back not long after and was like, Oh, this is a terrible idea. And didn't even know what to write. And it was just a blank paper. And he gave me all the same uh, issues with journaling that I faced years back. And I, it, then that kind of light bulb moment went off in my head as a, as a designer and as a creator creative person, I thought, there's a, there's clearly a problem here. I had this problem. He's now expressing the same problem. Other people probably have this problem. Why don't I try and figure out a solution? And that's when I started on this journey of, okay, let's try and make a journal that helps you journal. What does that look like? How does that even work? What goes in it? How do you even make one? I have no experience in making things manufacturing, or I was a digital designer, which is all websites and apps and, nothing's real. So the idea of making something physical was just beyond me. And then when we were kind of developing the brand and realizing that the people that we wanted to talk to and, and essentially help with the product was guys was like another kind of uh, problem to solve, which was like, well, how, how do you, how do you even get guys interested in the idea of journey? And how do you even get them on board with it and keep them using it? How do you get them to invest their own money into something that's going to help them? And so that was another kind of process of the journey of of figuring that out.
0: So how did you?
1: (laughs) So it basically always came back to me. It just came back to what helped me, uh, what would work for me? What would I like from a journal? What would help uh, keep me journaling, even though I've been doing it for 10 years? At that point, it was still something that I found difficult. So if I thought to myself, well, if I can make it for myself, there's I'm not that unique. So there must be other guys out there like me. So if it ticks all my boxes, then it should tick their boxes. One, one of the things we, I think I was watching a Brené Brown TEDx TED talk thing that she did, which was around a, a, like a vulnerability. And I watched that and I was thinking about my story and everything I'd been through. And I thought, maybe this is the moment that I meant to put my story out there. Maybe this is the right time to be completely vulnerable and show all my emotions and show everything that I've been through as a way of kind of going to other guys, it's okay. Like, it's totally cool and fine to just put your hand up and either ask for help or just talk to your mate or, you know, feel however however you're feeling. And then tying that in with the idea of if you don't feel ready to talk to someone, you could talk to this, this notebook, you could put your your words into here instead until you feel comfortable with talking to it to someone else. And so that kind of hybrid of uh, my personal story and me just kind of bearing all um, and then saying, not only that, but if you want to kind of take what I'm saying and, and do something, then here's this thing that you can, that you can try. And so that's all, that's what we did. It was kind of like a very kind of personal story based, brand that we built and then we launched it on kickstarter just to try and see if if anyone really liked the idea or if i was just completely <laughs> just not making any sense and just sort of lost the plot and then as soon as we launched it and we would you know we got backed within 72 hours i think it was um we were looking for twenty thousand pounds in funding to get these things printed and made which we thought was just a ridiculous number and we, we would never reach it And then when all these guys started backing it and started sharing their stories live on the Kickstarter, it started filling up with guys talking about, um, you know, relatives they'd lost or therapy that they're in or medication that they're on and things that they're struggling with. And, and I don't know them, and they don't know me, but they felt comfortable to tell the rest of the internet essentially on this, on this Kickstarter page themselves. Um, we really realized that it's not necessarily guys don't want to talk. It's just that we don't necessarily know how to talk. And yeah, I think that was what we found quite moving almost, was that actually um, what we've created, even as a platform and as a product, we've just gone to guys, it's okay. And, and here's maybe how you can start to, to find those words.
0: And having looked at um, what, you know i've seen of the journal i mean i think what i understand of it is it is quite sort of guided so you know you sort of say things like getting people to have a think about what emotions they're feeling right now and Mm -hmm. um and also one of the tools that you've used um you call it the pie of life you know getting people to think about the different yep aspects of their life because I mean when I'm working with clients um so I work a lot with small medium enterprises and micro businesses so I'm working with like you know small builders people who've you know they've got their own businesses they're sort of building it up etc and you know when you're working with people you've got to work with the whole person because I mean Mm -hmm. if they're if they've got things that are going on in their lives, just in general they're not going to be able to give everything to sort of build in a business or put everything into their job. You know, there's people's emotions do sort of impact on their day to day lives. So I mm. think, you know, the pie of life, I think is a great exercise to look at all the different aspects yeah. of your life. And I think yep. you get people to rate it between zero and 10. That's right. Um, and, uh, you know, and that, that's a, it's a great exercise for people to do to really help pinpoint what are the areas that they really need to, to focus on? Like if they've got like a low score on their relationships or family and things like that, you know, mm-hmm. what's going off for them that that's sort of impacting on that.
1: Yeah. And the idea is that, you know, if you, if you're scoring something uh, at a five or less, then maybe it's an area that you, you want to invest in and you want to work on maybe, and, or even just, or question to yourself and say, well, why is that a five? Why is that? Why have I scored that a one? Is it, is it really that low or is it just the way it feels but in reality it's it's not that bad it's just in the in the moment it feels the way it is because our feelings don't necessarily marry up with the reality of what's going on in our lives it's our emotional state can make us think things are either worse or 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 better than maybe they really are you know sometimes people say oh i feel really stupid that doesn't necessarily mean that they are stupid they just feel stupid and so you know, the Pyre Life gives you an S, a, a, a moment to kind of put down a number and and rate it based on your emotional state, and that's something that we've always tried to focus the journal on, which is it's your your emotional response to the questions that you're being asked and your emotional state of mind, essentially. Because you know, you, sometimes in life there's certain things that you just can't control, but you yeah. can control how you feel about the things that are going on, and so if you can change your mindset to become slightly more positive, then you can, in theory, you know, have a better day, feel a bit happier and, and therefore feel a little bit healthier about, you know, yourself and and what's going on. And so that's the kind of strategy that we've always taken, which is not necessarily like, oh, you've got to nail these goals and you've got to nail this plan and you've got to, you know, stick to it and work at it. It's almost like, well, how does setting that goal actually make you feel? Um, if you reach the goal how does that make you feel we always come back to the emotion because we believe that that's the most important thing that really drives us and drives us as human beings is our emotional state Um, and so that's what we always want to kind of get our guys to to really think about is how do you really feel in the moment
0: yeah because i think i mean what i found um with the people that i've worked with sometimes it's like you know, if they're in a negative sort of mindset because of, you know, their experiences and circumstances, it's hard for them to even visualise what they can or what they do want because it feels unattainable to them Mm. Mm. because they're kind of caught up in the energy and the mindset and the emotions of where they are now. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's it's really important for them to sort of, you know, to get those feelings down. And because I think sometimes like how you feel and can color everything else as well, can't it?
1: Massively. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I think, I mean, that's what I've always found for me personally was I can have these huge plans for things or these huge ideas or huge expectations based off a, of, of, of how I'm feeling in a moment and that can define the rest of my year or it can define the rest of my week. Um, and then, and because I've gone into it almost blindly and I haven't actually given myself time to kind of think about that emotion and think about, that thought process it's not necessarily that i've rushed into it it's just that i didn't give myself a moment
0: Mm -hmm. um
1: and i think that's that's for me what journaling has played this huge impact and had a huge uh, effect on me is that it's just been able to give me a moment to just pause and kind of go okay i acknowledge that and i can acknowledge that negative thought or i can acknowledge that negative feeling and i'm either going to sit with it or i'm going to kind of unpick it a bit and therefore not necessarily react so quickly to it. And then, you know, before if I would react to a a negative thought or a negative emotion, you then have to kind of fix whatever might have happened with the outcome of you just reacting to that in a certain way, whether it was like an angry outburst and then it's caused an argument and now you feel guilty for that argument and then you've got to apologize to that person, but then you don't really want to apologize to them because you don't feel like you should apologize to them. And then that's all come from this place where you just reacted too quickly on this emotional kind of, um, thought or feeling that you had. Um, and so, you know, journey for me has just been able to just go, okay, I acknowledge that let's just sit with it, pick it apart and then have a look at it later reread it or, maybe just the process of writing it means that i don't have to go off and swear and shout at that person i can just i vented it in a much safer place
0: i mean i was talking a little bit before we um we went live about the industry and about how it, it is such a challenge that, you know it's a great industry i mean you know people build awesome buildings that can impact on people's lives and you know the buzz that you can get from construction is great mm. but it's also got a lot of um sort of inherent like cultures and behaviors and things like that that just keep repeating themselves so mm. you know my whole ethos with the the podcast and the construction revolution all of that is to move away from the race to the bottom and start a race to the top because the race to the bottom is where everybody's competing on the lowest price everybody's struggling for cash flow they're not making the profit margins they need to to really mm. grow sustainable businesses and it can be an emotional roller coaster for people, you know, trying to sort of get out of that mindset. So how do you think... Well, and also the other thing I was I was saying about as well was the fact that, you know, we have got high suicide rates in the industry. And the statistic that I heard a couple of weeks ago was that um, 10% of recorded suicides last year were from people in the construction industry. Mm. So that was about 600 people out of, of 6,000. So how how can... You know, how could do you think journaling could help them to sort of um, to to start to turn things around for themselves?
1: My friends that I've got that work in the industry as labourers, bricklayers, um, site managers—they they might even own a couple of them own their own firms. None of them journal, and I'm and I'm constantly saying to them, guys, like. I mean, I've got free ones. I mean I can just I can give you journals. you don't even need to buy them. you know, give it a go and I'm you know they and they know the impact it's having because I'm always raging on about it. It's the mindset, it's that thing of where it only takes one guy on site probably to to start doing it for the others to then go, you know, there might be a bit of Mickey taking at first, but then it starts to change and then they can see the benefits that it's having on him. And it just takes that one, that one guy just to kind of put his hand up and go, this is totally fine. You know, this is, this is cool. It's almost like a fear factor thing. I think for, for the, for my guys anyway, that I chat to, I'm like, well, why don't you want to do it? And the thing that comes back to the back to me is that they don't want to, they don't want to open up that bucket. They don't want to open up that box of whatever's in there. They've, they've spent, you know, years suppressing it, not talking about it covering it up putting on that that kind of laddie bandery mask on site the idea of of not having that there is t- is more terrifying um and so fear is a big sort of blocker for them even though they all know the benefits that talking has and and i'm i talk completely and openly and honestly with, with them about however i'm feeling or things that i'm going to be doing or things that have happened to me and 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 they know that it's all cool, but they, they, they're, they're not willing to do it for themselves, just purely out of fear. Mm. And, and I think that I think it's until, um, maybe there's a, um, I don't know, a place or a space within the industry where more resources and more tools are provided that don't necessarily mean that guys have to talk about their stuff in front of other guys that they can, it can be almost a bit more private because I think one of the things I've, I've noticed with my guys is that if you get one of them on their own and you start talking to them, then some stuff starts kind of seeping out a little bit. If you get them in a group, then as soon as one starts to make a joke, the others start making a joke and then it's, you've lost, you've lost the group kind of thing. I always find with my lot that I get much more kind of realer connections with them on an emotional level if it's just a one-on-one kind of talking moment
0: how has the journal impacted on because i mean you've had you know there's been a lot of men that you know have been using the journal have mm. you sort of built up a community of people who are journaling and supporting each other
1: we, we, we we've helped i mean thousands and thousands of guys now are, are, are using mind journal across the planet it's, which still blows my mind that we've got such a huge community of 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 guys now doing it and and telling us how how much it's changed their life and 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 what they want to do next and what they want us to make for them to to keep them going we don't have any like journaling groups um running it's just something that we've never really found time predominantly to 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 set up and run and to manage but also because journaling is quite uh it's quite a private thing um, and I think the power of it is because of the fact that it, that it is that private sort of you time. Um, and I think it's a thing that a lot of guys neglect is that kind of self care time one-on-one with just yourself. I think women are very good at kind of giving themselves self care by, I don't know whether they want to go and do something for themselves that it's just a nice treat for themselves. Guys don't really have that and do that on their own in, in, do you know what I mean? In, in that kind of way, um, we might spend time playing, I don't know, a computer game for, a, for an hour or something, but that's not necessarily a self care looking after yourself kind of moment. And so I think the reason that again, journaling has, has, has helped and is, is, is impacting these guys is because of the fact of they're getting that personal time back. Um, they're learning to kind of, we have a thing in the journal called a happy hour, and the idea is that you should try every day to give yourself a happy hour, which is a, is an hour just for yourself to do whatever it is that you absolutely love, like super enjoy, and it's completely selfish. It's just that hour is just for you. It could be doing something with other people, but the, your intention wasn't to make them happy. It was to make you happy. And that's had a quite a profound impact on our community. When we introduced that, they were like, oh my God, like, I can't wait till my happy hour. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And it's that opportunity that guys really need is that, that hour just to kind of go, yeah, this is, this is just for me and I'm going to do something really nice just for myself.
0: Yeah. And I mean, based on the the feedback that you've had from the thousands of people that are um, using the journal, like how has it sort of impacted on them? What sort of stories are coming out from, from them?
1: They range from the extreme to the, um, you know, to the kind of everyday kind of stuff that like, I've kind of experienced of just being able to just have a real conversation with someone to guys who have quit their jobs and gone traveling, um, have uh, there was the, the story that still blows my mind even today, because I I don't even know if you went to try and create it, how you would even start, which was a, a guy who was transitioning from uh, being a woman to becoming a man through uh, an operation and he was he was using it as a way to figure out what kind of man he was going to transition into becoming and that blew our minds because we were just like what an incredible incredible person and so brave of them to kind of share this story with us and then to use the product in in such a way that was just so uh so inspiring to to think of Um, And something we would never have thought of it having an effect on. It it would just, it was just incredible. Um, and there's, there's all kinds of stories in between, in between that, that we, that we hear from, uh, guys that are coping with the loss of, um, relatives to, um, yeah, guys that just aren't happy or in a, in a, in a great place. Um, uh, we've had guys that have had it when they've been on, uh, uh, medication and it's helped them to kind of realize that they don't necessarily need to be on medication or that they want to work through different alternative therapies such as talking therapies or because they know that you know the meds might not be working for them etc cetera, etc cetera. it's just given them an opportunity I think to just think a little bit differently and to try something else or try something that they might not have ever thought about trying before
0: and is there any, I mean, what sort of age range is there as well with people that are using the journal?
1: We find that it's predominantly young guys from about the age of 25 uh, up to sort of mid 40s, late 40s. It's usually that kind of age range that's approaching 30 and having that moment of, you know, they've left college or left university when they were in their early 20s and they've been grafting away for close to 10 years and they're having that moment of it's all been work it's all been work 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 where am I going or they're approaching that kind of like settling down moment in their lives of house marriage kids all that responsibility and they're having a little bit of a wobble or it's the guys that have done all that and they're like 40 ish and they're they don't have any time for themselves and they've completely they're overloaded with responsibility and pressure and just all that life stuff. And they're kind of like, where am I in all of this? Um, And that's where the journals come in and kind of gone, well, look, here's the pie of life. Here's these tools. Here's these resources. Step back from everything can kind of reassess and put yourself back in the picture. And that's where it's had an impact, I think.
0: And how are you getting the messages out to to people? How are you kind of, you know, um, attracting more and more people to, to come and use the journal
1: so we use a lot of shows, social media so we produce a lot of content um, mainly on Facebook and Instagram and I share my story a lot and I get picked up by various sort of media outlets where promoted again the brand gets promoted and yeah that's mainly the way that we do it we we try to kind of like produce content that is supportive So we do a newsletter every week that goes out every Monday called Mindful Monday, which is a curated newsletter of articles that are relevant to our audience to help them think differently about the week ahead, get them in a positive mindset, get them kind of a bit pumped and a bit more focused for the week ahead. And we get an unbelievable amount of positive feedback on this newsletter that if we are late to sending it out, we get people emailing us going, where's the, where's the newsletter? Have I missed it? I've checked my spam. I've checked my junk. And we're like, well, it's just a newsletter for us. We don't realize the impact that, that it has. Um, but that's another piece of content, for example, of, of what we're trying to do, which is, it's not just necessarily about the product. It's about sharing the stories of other guys is another thing we do. Um, we get guys to kind of record themselves or, you know, tell that, tell other guys, the journey that they've been on, either through journaling or just in their lives. Um, we had a Danish, uh, veteran from uh, a tour in Afghanistan who came back with PTSD and he told his entire story, shot the video himself, just because he just wanted to put it out there. Like I put myself out there. He wanted to do the same thing. And, and then the veterans within our community saw it and they loved it. And so it's all about just kind of using, what we've started just to kind of go well let's let's get other guys just sharing themselves and sharing their stories just to to remind other guys that it's totally cool to just be vulnerable and and put yourself out there and either ask for help or or look for ways to help yourself and and um and it feels good doing that
0: and I think one of the things that I loved um about what the journal as well is about you know getting people to think about what they're grateful for because mm-hmm. that's something that you know I try and do sort of is that gratitude thing because it does make a difference to your mindset you know if you look around and you think well I'm you know I'm, I'm in a warm house and i you know I've got a happy family and husband and all sorts of things like that and I mean sometimes it drives my husband mad like if he's feeling <laughs> if he's feeling a bit rubbish and he's had a crap day he works in construction as well by the way right um, and I'm like what have you got to be grateful for? And it's like, oh God, a silence would be good at the minute, probably, <laughs> or something like that. But I, you know, I really like that you've included that, and and I love the idea of the um, the mindful Monday because it got me thinking as well that I've I'm I'm gonna do something. I'm gonna set a challenge for the construction industry. I'm gonna get one of your journals, and I'm gonna give it away to somebody who will, de- you know, they will commit to. to to do in the challenge to to try in the journal and then if they feel brave perhaps they can share their story on your mindful monday Oh, that'd
1: be brilliant yeah that'd be awesome yeah and
0: then that would be your first construction person
1: yeah to feed
0: into mindful monday wouldn't it
1: that'd be awesome yes thank you that'd be great
0: yeah so then um we can start the ripple effect it's like well it's really helped this person and then who knows where it'll go from there
1: I mean, for us, it's been, there's certain um, industries and, and sectors that we have found are more recipient to it than others. Sport, for example, seems to be a huge area at the moment within our culture that's starting to realise the benefits of, of, of supporting uh, and providing programmes to kind of talk about mental health issues within football. And, you know, that's, that's amazing. And we want to try and, you know, get involved in that as best we can. We want to try and, you know, donate some journals to, to local teams and stuff. Through chatting with my mates again, it seems to be that the construction industry seems to be, you're the first person that's reached out to us, for example, from the construction industry. And We've had lots from other different corporations and different places and different sectors. But it feels like for me, knowing my mates, it's almost like it's probably one of the most important industries that needs the most support. And we're still quite surprised that no one's, you know, directly contacted us to sort of say, Oh, can, you know, how can we collaborate? Is there something we can do together? And for us, it's almost like, well, it's a kind of like a needle in the haystack because the construction industry is so huge. It's for us as complete outsiders who know nothing about the industry. It's almost like, well, where do you, where do you start in terms of trying to, you know, provide support or provide resources? So, for us, it's kind of like if there's anyone listening who wants to kind of try and, you know, get involved with journaling in any way um, or provide it in some way for their staff or for the, you know, people on site or whatever, we'll be more than happy to to have a conversation and and do our best to support them.
0: Oh, that's brilliant. Because, I mean, there is a lot happening in the industry around mental health and mental well-being. I mean, there's people being trained to be mental health first aiders. yeah. People are sort of doing more and more to to raise awareness and to, to start talking about things. But I think, you know, sometimes the mental health first aid, it's about watching the signs, but... Mm. Um but sometimes that can be more of a, a reactive thing rather than a, a proactive let's let's talk about things, let's deal with things. And and mental health those aiders, are people who they've got that's their day, you know, they've got a job to do, they're there on site, they're working. Mm. They've got the sticker on their head for on their hard hat, which is great. People know that they can talk to them, which is brilliant. But I think um there's other things that could be done to um to start to get people talking so that they don't get to the stage where it gets too bad. And, and mm. they feel like, you know, they need some sort of intervention.
1: Yeah, totally. I've been on that first aid mental health first aid course myself. And it's, a, it's an absolutely incredible, incredible course. I highly recommend it to, to anyone just because of the fact of knowing the signs is, is, is a, is a hugely valuable um, resource, but also the, the knowledge that you gain from being on it about yourself so I think if anyone's workplaces are offering it as a as a as a thing that you can go and do, um, it's a huge huge learning experience. I I found it to be, even though I kind of have experience of mental health through my own personal experiences, there was things on that course that I never could have learned elsewhere other than there that really have. Uh, played a role in the business of what we're doing, and also in my personal life as well, with friends and family, and and, and myself as well.
0: Yeah. So if, you know, more and more people can can do that course, and maybe if we can uh, set a challenge to get the construction industry journaling as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Then that's that will help That'd as well. Good. Yeah. Brilliant. So what's next? Like, what have what have you got planned for the future?
1: One of the things we want to start doing is we want to expand on these stories from other guys is one of our our main things, which we've only started really doing over in the last sort of six months or so. So we really want to ramp up this because we've seen such a huge reaction to the stories that we're telling. And at the same time, as we're telling more stories, more guys are getting in touch because more guys are now journaling of the resources that they want us to provide them. Uh, So we're trying to work hard on new product development to kind of, keep the the almost like the problem we've got is where we've got so many guys now journaling is that we've got to try and now keep them journaling and they're kind of saying to us well what do I need to do? what can I do what could you make for me to kind of keep me going i want to keep going so we want to yeah just try and expand uh, as as quickly as we can essentially into into different products that just keep guys journaling because we've kind of started something now so we've got to try and keep it going
0: <laughs> well Thank you so much for talking to us today. I really appreciate you taking the time out. It's been brilliant to to meet you and hear your story and share your experiences and I'm definitely on a mission to get the construction industry journaling. It just needs one person to start.
1: Exactly. Thank you very much. That was that was amazing.
0: I hope you enjoyed listening to this interview I love talking to Ollie and it's amazing how he's turned his personal tragedy into a way of helping thousands of others all over the world if you've been inspired to journal yourself Ollie's gifted us with two free copies of his mind journal if you'd like to get your hands on one make sure you're following at construction underscore coach on instagram and at construct coach on twitter So we're going to be adding details on how you can win one on there. We'd love to help you be the first to share your story and encourage others in the industry to do the same. If you're enjoying this podcast, please leave us a lovely review on the platform you're listening on so we can be more easily found by others who can join the construction revolution. Next week, I'm going to be talking to Matthew Bond-Smith. It was a very powerful story on why he left the construction industry and how he's now coaching and mentoring young men between the ages of 16 and 24 to increase their confidence and believe in themselves. See you next time.